gotten more difficult pretty much everywhere that's like a big city because yep. it costs them personally money instead of them getting paid more than how it used to be. Right. At least in his experience. Right. So I think I I see I see the comfort of Dallas and I also see the comfort of Austin. But yeah, I definitely agree that like once you're in Austin you stay in Austin because it's easy to like integrate and stay integrated and still stay relevant without getting bigger. Yeah. So Bridgeport. Does Bridgeport have a high school? Bridgeport does have a high school. It's a high school of about 600 kids, uh, like all of it together, and maybe faculty too. It's pretty small. Um, I graduated with 142 people in my graduating class, and um, they don't have like a very sophisticated arts program. They're very much sports focused, and that's a lot of small schools in Texas. They they put a lot of their money into their sports programs, but there's nothing wrong with that. I it just it's hard as someone that only does arts or only does non-sports related activities to see the the balance and the fairness and the funding. Um, because I'm a little bit biased because I moved to Bridgeport from uh, right. New Braunfels. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh wow, that was a huge change. Yes, I went from Jesus. I went from Canyon, the Comal ISD, to Bridgeport ISD, and I would have graduated with seven hundred plus students, with a well-known choir program and a well-known theater program that excel and move and advance easily and beautifully right. to a school that doesn't have sufficient funding for the arts that fought and fights currently really hard for notability and to be seen and it was very different it was definitely a culture shock moving Um, but because I got to like move to a smaller town I got to be a bigger fish in a small pond so that really boosted my self-confidence I went from being a nobody that could like sing a little bit, that could act a little bit, to being somebody that got to be president of the Thespian Society and got to be president of student leadership and be homecoming nominee and be the encourager to people that didn't know anything different than Bridgeport. And so I, I have, everyone has ups and downs in high school, but that I think the opportunities that I was presented with were greater at Bridgeport, but the sufficient funding and appreciation to the things that I was into lacked in Bridgeport. Where are you from? Where were you born? I was born in New Braunfels. Born in New Braunfels. Mm -hmm. You lived in New Braunfels for how long? I lived in New Braunfels until I was about 14. Okay, so after 14 you moved to Bridgeport? Mm Mm-hmm. How did that happen? My mom works in a natural gas line industry and she was an admin and she worked in San Antonio so it was like a really long commute 35 was getting worse neighborhoods were creeping in um, and she just wasn't happy she didn't feel like her skills were being utilized at all because my mom's very good at being organized and helping people get their stuff organized and being efficient in her time and her hours and her 
in her work and she feels very accomplished in her work so she didn't feel very appreciated and there was an opening to, for an admin position um, in Justin, Texas and without really telling anyone she was like, oh I applied and I was like, oh okay and I was like, oh she applied so did a bunch of other people she's not going to get it, I'm going to stay in my comfortable area, I'm going to be the like the person that's okay, not really noticed for the rest of my life, and I'm going to live in New Braunfels for the rest of my life. Well, that didn't really work out for me. Uh, she, two weeks later, they were like, oh yeah, we were holding this position open for you. We were hoping that you would apply. We we're like so excited to add you to this team. Can you start next week? So my eighth grade year, she applied August before my eighth grade year started and got the job September. And so she moved up there before I did. She let me finish out middle school um, where I had friends and people and experiences right. and I lived with my dad and it was just the two of us for pretty much the entire year and then around June uh, after Dublin Middle School I moved up there and it was definitely an adjustment. You and your dad moved? Yeah my dad got more jobs down south because he's a self-employed contractor so he stayed down south most of the time and stayed with my grandparents and I lived with my mom pretty much just me and my mom and him on the weekends consistently until my junior year in high school um, but yeah that's and my grandparent my grandparents moved in from California to Texas about my sophomore year in high school and so pretty much my entire family that like knew me and knew me really well were in Bridgeport and that wasn't a bad thing um it just then my whole family was outsiders because when you move into a small town that everybody's known each other since dirt you don't fit in at all like my first day of school I don't remember a single person talking to me at all I they would ask me what my name was Oh, you're new. Yeah. Right. What's your name? Give my name. Oh, that's cool. You're a freshman? Yeah. A lot of people assumed I was a junior or something, and they're like, oh, wow, you're you're young. I'm like, well, yes, I look like a 12-year-old, but thank you for thinking that I'm older. And, oh, so you're a freshman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. And then wouldn't talk to me again. They just, I think I become a novelty. They're like, oh, you're new, so that's cool. Right. But then, like, right. after they realized that I was new, I wasn't anything special anymore. Okay. So I just kind of, like, got brushed off. So right. it took me about, like, two weeks to, like, get people to, like, continuously talk to me and, like, invite me to sit with them at lunch or invite me to do stuff outside of school. Um, and it was pretty much, I had friends, but I didn't really get a close connection with a lot of my peers. I became best friends with someone that also moved later that year that was treated like an outsider. So we were like, ah, outsiders? Yes, we're <laughs> great friends. They don't yeah. understand this at all. She, yeah. she moved in from a like, Saginaw. So she moved in from a bigger town too. And we're like, ah, big town people moving to an itty bitty town. Right. We're gonna be best friends. But we continuously had that struggle of where do I fit in to this dynamic of everybody knowing everybody since birth. Yes. And when do I get to have that connection? So she and I stayed best friends, and I don't stay in contact with a lot of the people I went to high school with. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's common. I, I stay in contact with one person I went to high school with. That's it. Yeah. And he's like my best friend. Yeah. It's like my brother beyond brother. It's mm-hmm. like I go to his family's Christmas parties and vice versa type thing. He's, his wife is my sister. His god kids. His kids are my god kids. Like it's, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. His brother is my brother type thing. Like it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. All right. So from, from, um, oh, oh, crap. Um, where was it? Where were you born? I was born in New Braunfels. Okay, from New Braunfels, from New Braunfels to Bridgeport, to Bridgeport, from Bridgeport to Nacogdoches. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? Well, my brother um, went to SFA. My brother's 14 years older than me, um, so he went to college here and graduated in 2012, and I always knew that this is the place I was going to go. I wanted to be just like my brother. I wanted to be everything like him all the time so I was like yes I'm gonna go to SFA whatever whatever the cost like I'm that's where I'm going and I applied to other schools because my sister who's 17 years older than me lives in Lubbock she's like apply to tech and I was like okay so you have a bunch of you have older brothers yeah I like have significantly older yes I am wow. the youngest by 14 years wow yeah there's three of us my sister's 17 years older than me my brother's 14 years older than me and then there's me wow no one else. It is a very, like, when we get to, like, family dynamics, and they're like, oh, yes, the oldest kid acts like this, the middle kid acts like this, and the youngest kid acts like this, and the only child acts like this, I'm like, well, I'm both the youngest and the only, so right. figure that out. Yeah. I'm a puzzle. Yeah. Uh, treat me like a Rubik's Cube. Figure me out, please. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting concept to say that you are the youngest and the only, because mm-hmm. that is absolutely accurate, because you lived at home with no brother and sister with your family, with your mom and your dad, mm-hmm. and sometimes with one and not the other. Yep. And so that's it. that's so very interesting. Okay? Yeah. Did you always do theater? I have. I've been in theater since second grade. Um, I had not a difficult childhood, but not an easy one by any man, like means. It's okay. I had a, not a difficult one, but not an easy one. Yeah. Too. So, like, my parents... It's I like everybody assumes that because I'm black, I'm like the good type shit. <laughs> yeah, I... Which I'm from there, but I, that's, you know... It's a yeah, that's thing, just so a yeah. different stereotype. But people, like, assume that because I'm a pretty pale person that I had, like, the easiest childhood and everything delivered to me on a silver platter. And I'm like, well, I mean, lower middle class family wasn't awful, but there were definitely times where I was like, I don't know if I have electricity in my house. But or, at the same time, it's like lower middle class at, at the time frame of which you and I were both... Because I, I grew up kind of lower middle class as well I don't really even know anymore but there were times that you even questioned is there a middle class mm-hmm. anymore because it's like the, the division was just spreading so yes. quickly right so you know it got to be the point to where is there just an upper class and a lower class mm-hmm. now I mean dang yeah because like I my middle like my elementary school got split up like they got they sold the main middle elementary school and split up into two ones I became one of the poorest families in my elementary school. As a lower middle class person, yeah. I was the poorest kid in my class. Yeah. And like there were military families and stay at home moms with like dads that were lawyers and just made crap tons of money. And like their parents dropped them off in the BMW and the Jaguar and the sports car. Yeah. And I'm in the 2004 Taurus getting yeah. dropped off by my mom or like taking the bus and 
having to sit on the bus for 30 minutes waiting to get to my house and people being like, oh, you live there? And I didn't live in a bad house. It was a two-story house on five acres. I had a good home. <laughs> I was just like, oh, but you live there? Like, you what? Are, you are, that's a pretty nice house. To most yeah, people. that's a great house. <laughs> that's an awesome house. I mean, that's on five acres too. And yes, house and, I had yeah. a horse. I had like three yeah. dogs, 18 cats. Like I like had the, the home farm. I thought I was doing pretty well. And people were like, oh, your your family has more than two cars, but they're old cars. That's weird. I'm like, what? I'm like, I know, I know people that like lived in mobile homes that were doing well and had happier, more fulfilling lives than those that lived in the mansions next door. And it's a good perspective. Yeah. It's a good thing to add. It's just because it's so very true. Yeah. You know, like happiness is gratitude. It's, it's just what, yes. what, what you can be content with what you have. Yeah, some people are obsessed with what's next. Right. Why can't you just be content with what God has given you now? Right. Say it again. Uh, like, it's... God has given you so much right. in the here and now and has right. provided so much in the here and now. And it's just... It's not about the clothes. And it's not about the cars. And it's not about... The income or yeah i mean <laughs> it's just it's not yeah. and like growing up when you're in elementary school you don't really understand that uh-huh. you want to fit in right. and you want to be like everybody else sure. so i took that to heart really hard like i didn't have the miss me jeans yeah. miss me jeans cost a hundred dollars for a nine-year-old to wear <laughs> heck no i did not need to be having miss me jeans that i was going to get dirty in the mud that yeah. were gonna get scratched up in school that I would yeah. write on and tear up like I don't I I could barely handle the the $19 old navy jeans that I wore I definitely didn't need to have miss me jeans I don't I don't know why that matters so much real quick shout out to Gordon Gartrell you know who Gordon Gartrell I is not. I'm gonna give you I'm gonna tell you a story about Mr. Gordon Gartrell Please do. That, that I don't even know if he's a real person <laughs> check it out so there is and i don't know if you're familiar with the cosby show mm-hmm. right so there's this episode of the cosby show where theo wants to buy this now popular in holier than ever if you don't have it you get pushed off a cliff gordon gartrell brand dress shirt mm. to impress everybody in school but most importantly his girlfriend at that point in right. time right so he begs Mr. Bill Cosby, who, who was his father at that point in time, his clip, right? He said, Dad, I just want to get a Gordon Gartrell, Dad. Come on, that's the hottest shirt in the world. I mean, I'm going to be walking around school so fly, and this Gordon Gartrell mm-hmm. is everything, right? So then, at the beginning of the episode, shows Mom and Theo coming in with this shirt package, right? With the little box, little dress, you know mm-hmm. how dress shirts come, right? Yeah. Little box, and Cliff opens up the box, and Theo's like, Dad, that shirt, that shirt is it. And he opens up the shirt and he looks at it and he looks at the price tag. And he looks at his wife. Is the wife do you remember? Golly. Feels so bad not remembering that. I don't know why I'm snapping when I can't remember things today. It seems to be a theme. Just only for today though. So he looks at it and he looks at his wife. I'm gonna remember it in a minute. So <laughs> and he says, It's yeah, a ninety dollar shirt. And he looks at Theo and he says, I don't own a $90 shirt. What are you doing with a $90 yeah. shirt? And it's the funniest thing when you look at 
that. They're just it just reminded me of that. So I don't even know if Gordon Gartrell is a real person <laughs> or not. But shout out to Gordon Gartrell. Yeah. <laughs> it's just but, yeah. it's ridiculous like the things that when you're younger you care so much about and that don't even matter. But like yeah, like I grew up like that and it made life so much more difficult than it needed to be at like nine years old. Like, it just, yeah. it just... Because it's like, that's the crap that you should never worry about at nine Yeah. That's like, I should be worrying, ab- I should be worrying about, like, what am I doing in class tomorrow? What kind of pictures will I be coloring tomorrow? What friend am I going to go hang out with today at yeah. lunch? Who am I going to sit with? Yeah. Well, you really shouldn't even have to worry about that, but that's a whole other topic. Yeah. yeah. It's just, you shouldn't worry about, like, what designer brand you're going to be wearing at lunch tomorrow, and how precise you're gonna look how how much hair accessories you're gonna have because that was like the days of like feathers in your hair and purple highlights and crap like that and i don't know it just that me doesn't feel like the same me it's probably because i'm old now and i'm just looking back like uh well i'm not that old 10 years later 10 years later with 10 years perspective it's just like so you mean to tell me that you were 18 years old and calling yourself old 19. Yep, I'm 19. I call myself old. I I call myself old, and I call my joints old because every time I sit or stand up, I crack like a Rice Krispie treat. Uh, that's so funny. I'm, 30, <laughs> I'm 32, and I don't really call myself old. I I have always been called old, like my entire life. They're they're like, oh, you're just such an old soul. Oh, that's not old. Yeah, I. No, that's different. Yeah. Old, old and old soul is two different things. I get called an old soul all the time. But that's not old. That's not even even equivalent <laughs> to the to each other whatsoever. It's not. So, and this may be a perception thing. Mm-hmm. Old is it just gets gets equated with age, right? Mm-hmm. Like how many years you've lived on Earth. Old soul means how much you can relate to the things that are very foundational and let go of the things that are trivial and just not worth worrying about. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So. Nah, you're not old. You just got an old soul. It's just what that is. Yeah. I mean, I, I equate being an old soul to, like, growing up around older people. You get to have an old soul by doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Most I definitely grew up with people that... I never, like, really connected to people that were my age, and that really affects my friendships now. Because, like, I'll talk... I have an easier time talking to you than most people in my class. Like I can find something that I can relate to because you're my sibling's age, and I'm like, oh yeah, you like. Dang, I am. Yeah, like you have like a really cool life experience, and like you know things that I don't know, and like I I understand the way that like you grew up a little bit better, like not knowing you, but like I understand like the time in which you grew up, and like the the things that make conversation easier. It's easier for me to conversate with you than it is people my own age because I'm like I don't, I don't know what was cool with you when you were growing up I don't I didn't watch the I didn't watch the show the same shows growing up I didn't watch so what did you watch growing up I don't remember watching a lot of tv okay. I remember I remember doing a lot of dumb stuff outside like crashing into my dad's trailer and flipping over it with my bike you did things outside yes I was not You're allowed a to watch too young TV. for that that's awesome <laughs> I like that I, yeah, I played in the mud. That was I, a compliment, by the way. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, Sorry, this is a bit back. No. <laughs> I, yeah, a lot of people were like, a lot of people, I'll talk about like, I rode horses all of my life, and like, I played piano, 
went to Schlitterbahn every single day yeah. for four summers in a row. Right. Like we had the summer passes, so I pretty right. much got in free right. every single summer. Right. So this is my childhood, my mom, and, and I didn't grow up in a two-story house mm-hmm. on five acres of land. <laughs> but my my mom is she got she was wonderful. My dad, he's legit too. Um, my mom literally found some way to sacrifice and have me six flags passes every single year of my life up until like the age of whatever. And so when you talk about having passes to the water park, that that's awesome. Yeah. That, I mean, sacrifice on your parents' behalf to oh, be yeah. able to give you those resources and those experiences, and I think that's so cool. People don't have that. Yeah. My, my parents sacrificed having the newest car. Yes. They sacrificed having the newest clothes yes. and the prettiest purses. Yes, maybe a new appliance. Yeah, yeah. D- definitely a new fridge. Right. They passed on having a new fridge until, like, ours literally died For sure. before moving. And sure. It's having new washers, washing machines and dishwashers. Like, we went without washing ma- like a dishwasher for, like, two years because yeah. they wanted me to be able to, like, go to California to see my family and have a lot of life experiences that they wanted to be able to supply for me instead of having the newest and cleanest thing in the house. New Miss Me Jeans. Yeah, New Miss Me Jeans and crap like that. The Aeropostle, Abercrombie and Fitch crap. Yeah. You know what's funny about Aeropostle? It was... I'm sorry if I offend anybody, but Aeropostle was the cheapest, most expensive things yeah. ever. Like yeah. They were so fragile. Like, you, you, you would get them. And, and break them the next day. Next day. Yep. Like, they would be have rips in them. And if you felt them, you'd notice they were really thin. Like, even all the shirts were yes. just really thin and really frail. If you washed them more than twice, they became see-through. Yeah. 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 And, like, the, t- the whatever, if there was, like, printed material, it would fade really mm-hmm. quickly. Oh, man. It yeah. Was rough. Or if you rubbed your hand on their jeans, your yeah. hands would turn blue. Yeah. I would never buy them. I just, I had a girlfriend at that point in time in high school that worked there, and I just remember looking at the material, and I was just like, this is not okay. Yeah. Because they're selling it for not okay prices. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, how, we just wanted flimsy things because they looked expensive. But you just want the things that other people are wearing, because other yeah. people determine what looks cool, but the, well, that's a mindset in mm-hmm. itself, really, but yeah. Okay. So... What is next for Elora Rogers? Um, Are you doing Pride and Prejudice? You're not doing Pride and Prejudice. I'm not doing Pride and Prejudice. I'm actually a loading crew. Um, I did not audition this semester. I will be at Pride and Prejudice on Saturday. Me too. I I did not audition this semester because I felt really overwhelmed taking 15 hours and working two shows and not, and like being in a sorority. I didn't feel like I had a lot of time to just like relax at the end of the day. So I didn't audition. Um, I'm still like working shows. Like my next show I'm working is the opera at SFA. Are you singing? I am not singing. Why not? Well, I don't meet their qualifications. Oh, it's because you're you're lack of life experience? It's lack of classical training. Okay. Yeah, I sing for fun. I sang in a youth band for my church. Okay. Uh, I sing more contemporary than I do classical. Right. So I, I did classical training, like voice training, last semester, okay. and the lady was pretty much saying like, oh, you sound great, but it's really rough. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Uh, I definitely, I wanted to be like the opera singer. I wanted to be Christine Dye in the Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. I wanted. By the way, I'm going to encourage you, Laura Rogers, to give us a sample of her vocals <laughs> at some point in time in this podcast. She's not terrible by any means. She did enough to catch my attention. It, it gets a lot. It, there, it takes a lot to catch my attention when creative things happen. Well, thank you. I I've always enjoyed singing. It's always been in my family, around me, everywhere, all the time. I I I feel like it's in my genetics. Just to just have that ability. Because my dad can't sing. Right. Love the man to death. But it's hard. <laughs> it's difficult to listen to. But my mom is beautiful. I always thought my mom would be the next Julie Andrews. Okay. It's phenomenal. And my grandpa was phenomenal. Like, had, like, a four-octave range and was just incredible. He was just an amazing, amazing guy. Right. Um, so... And it's really funny because my sister was a singer. I wasn't. Growing up, my like my mom would always talk about like all the choir trips my sister went to and all the the musical things that my sister did and how amazing that she is. And she is. She is a phenomenal singer. Definitely has a higher range than I do. I'm definitely an alto, mezzo too, um, because of my dad. But she uh, is definitely soprano one. Has the highest, cleanest pitches that you can ever hit, and she's a phenomenal singer, um, but I was definitely not the singer in the family. They were like, oh, like, I, I sang for, I sang at Bridgeport, like, as a soloist for one of their Christmas concerts, and my grandparents literally went up to me afterwards, we didn't know that you could sing. I was like, I've been singing my whole life, and you didn't know? And I was like, okay, that's whatever, it's fine. Um, I've definitely always been, like, the theater kid. Because I did sports, but my brother was the sports guy. He did softball, and then he became the military guy. So, like, that was his thing to be known for. And my sister was a singer and the cheerleader and the dancer. So that's what she was known for. And the only thing that I did differently was theater. So I was the theater kid. Like, my dad's family only recognizes me for theater and not music. So I've just been the theater kid my whole life. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> not at all. I've, I've loved it theater has taken me so many places and given me a lot of coping skills. Ooh, that's fine. Yeah. I, <laughs> I grew up with, a, like, a lot of anger as a kid and, like, things that, like, I couldn't control. But, like, when you're eight years old, you don't know what you can and cannot control. Yeah. And so I was just, like, angry all the time. <laughs> wait, 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 one more time. <laughs> I just wish I had to, I wish I could take <laughs> skill shots. Well, uh, so the funny thing is I... I I had the choice, well, I, I debated on whether I should make this podcast a video podcast mm-hmm. or keep it audio, and I went with the idea of keeping it audio because I think that there's a whole lot of a freer, like, setting, or it mm-hmm. gives a freer vibe or, or atmosphere or frequency than just having a video camera here in your face, yeah. because it's like, okay, I don't want to look right now. Yeah, what, what angles is, are yeah, working for me? Is this my good side? What does my posture look like in my yeah. armature? Oh my gosh, I look ridiculous right now. Why and did I, I choose to wear that? Yeah, and I just, I didn't want that. I wanted, to, and also I wanted it to be a place of where I could show up in a dang sweatsuit if I wanted to. Yeah. And then not worry about what, you don't have to worry about what you look like as a person or the other person sitting on the other side of the conversation. I just wanted that element that was freeing. Like, I, I went and watched a taping of one at a location the other day, mm-hmm. and they were, like, dressed up in, like, button-downs and blazers and dresses, and I'm like, nope not doing that 
It's no. corny. I'm glad I'm not doing it like that. Yeah, I debated putting on makeup, and I was like, if I'm going to be real when I'm speaking, why would I not be real with my face and, like, my so appearance? Like, yeah. this is all natural. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I keep it audio to keep it as transparent as yeah. possible. Because yeah. it, it makes conversations easier, too. Because right. when you have the pressure of, like, how right. you think more about how you come across than, right. you, than your words. Right. Well, it's also when I tell people that I do a podcast and, like, and I invite them, they're like, well, I don't know. And then I say it's just audio. And they're like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. So, is there anything you want the people to know before we get out of here? And before I ask you to see? Mm. Anything? You got anything coming up? You want to tell them, come watch an SFA show, oh. any goals you want to talk about, what, what do you want to do for the rest of your life with theater, do you want to be in theater forever? I, that's an excellent question, I'm actually going to change my major to become oh. a psychology major, oh, don't do that, I'm, but I'm minoring in theater, because okay. theater is always going to be my passion, it's always going to be my thing to go to, I just realized uh, that like, I'm going to ask you to do this, okay, major in theater, major in theater, minor in psychology, okay, um, one thing you do not know about me, I don't think you know about me, is outside of running. In fact, I don't even think you knew. I got So I'm going to tell you a story about how I even got to be in Titus. Okay. Right. So I now uh, established at the ending of 2019, mm-hmm. I run a nonprofit that I founded and executive direct called Star Avenue CO. And so we do um, from... Livingston, Texas, Lufkin, Texas, Nacogdoches, Texas, Tyler, Texas, Longview, Texas, Center, Gladewater, Shreveport, Louisiana, and then occasionally the trip to Haiti. Um, We do creative writing workshops, hand drum, everything in the world, meaning it's like bongo building workshops, cajon building workshops, um, community drum circles, yada, 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 blah, 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 blah. I give hand drum history. And then we also do engaging art presentations where our participants get to paint along the side on the canvas with our facilitator mm-hmm. right so for the last four years i have been doing that i also do avenue speak which is this public speaking engagement platform that i do with the avenue speak podcast about nothing podcast right um i also run a clothing line called star code so how i got to titus is cc has seen me around town when i'm and and we kind of run in the same circle and she was she messaged me one day and she was it was like 10 o'clock at night i had just got home from work because i work oh i also work a full-time job too um i i reason why i was going to tell you about psychology is because i actually do substance abuse counseling okay for the alcohol and drug abuse council of keep texas in lufkin texas so but i do adolescent substance use counseling so don't pursue that as your major okay because there's no cap there's a cap on that to where you cannot get higher than what you're at right now type thing Mm -hmm. i always encourage people to pursue the creative thing as their major Mm -hmm. because there's no cap on what they can do and what they can outdo Mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah so that's my advice to you okay um but it's my advice to you from someone who only has an associate's degree in school (laughs) and still managed to do everything yeah I I have always felt like a connection to help people. Like, I actually came to SFA to be a, a music therapist, and then I auditioned for the School Do of... Do that. 
I auditioned for the School of Music, and they said no. <laughs> they told me no. They're like, you Why? don't think we don't want you right Why now. Why they tell you no? Uh, I did voice auditions, and they're like, sorry, no. So we, go somewhere else. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I yeah. I wanted to do music therapy, and then I auditioned for the School of Theater just for funsies, because mm -hmm. I like theater. I was right. like, you know what, this would be a fun experience. And I auditioned, and they're like, become a major, and I was like, oh, okay. Um, you know what you should do? Hmm. Voiceovers. I would love to do that. You should do voiceovers. That would be fun. You, you know why I say that? Because hmm. in this conversation alone that I've had with you, you have done like an incredible switch of transition <laughs> of like this voice to that voice. Your voice inflection has dropped in pitch, yada, yada, yada. You should do voiceovers. I, I want to do like <laughs> acting gigs. All the time, like I, I always want to act. I always want to be a participant in acting, no matter what age, no matter what stage I'm in. Um, but I also want to do. I don't think I have to choose whether I choose theater or psychology because I want to do both. I want to do both really badly. I think that's my calling is to do both. Um, I. A lot of people, I tell, I've tell, i tell a lot of people now, but I didn't used to. I am two years recovered uh, eating disorder. Okay. Yeah, I had I had an eating disorder for six years. Okay. And this is my, in April will be my two year recovery period. Okay. And. So what? So I want to help. Do we dive into that? Yeah, yeah, I don't care. Like that. I, I tell my story. I'm not ashamed of my story. I used to be. Right. Um. Okay. But I'm. I'm so not. here's what I'm gonna do. Okay. Oh my gosh, you're you're crazy. I am. So, <laughs> well, here's what's gonna happen because I love this, but I also just want to literally have this be on a whole nother podcast recording, okay. which we're gonna do right now. Okay. So I'm gonna end this one, and so you have three podcast recordings, which okay. I'll take the first two and merge into one. Okay. And this one will be the one where we dive into the details about this. Okay. Right. And I'll release this one like a month later or something. Okay. Right. So guys, this is the ending of take well episode one of the podcast uh, podcast about nothing with Elora Rogers. We'll continue the next one right now, but I'll record I'll release it later.